0: Last Sunday was World Day of Prayer for Vocations. And while what they mean by vocations is vocations to the ordained life, to the priesthood specifically, I am here to talk to you about all the other vocations. Because who speaks for the other vocations? You know that there are four vocations, eh? These are four ways in which God specifically calls each one of us to live our call to holiness. So, Everyone is called to holiness. Yeah, everyone, not just priests and nuns. It's not just for prophets and apostles and saints. It's for you. You are called to be a saint. And the way that God is calling you to live out your call to holiness, the best way for you specifically to live out your call to holiness is your vocation. And there are four, the single life, the ordained life, the religious life, and the married life. And I want to focus on two of them because most of us will not be called to the ordained or religious life. Some of you will be called to live out this call to holiness by being single. And that's good because not everyone is called to marriage. And not everyone should be married. And single people have the great gift of time. They don't have to check with their husband or their wife or or check their kids' schedules. They can just go and do something. You need help? Sure, I can help. That's the great gift of the single life. So, if you don't feel called to marriage, it doesn't mean that you're called to religious or ordained life. You may be called to the single life, and that's good, go for it. But most of us are called to the married life because that is the vocation in which we come closest to loving another person the way God loves us, freely, faithfully, fruitfully, and totally. Marriage in the Catholic Church is such a beautiful and amazing thing. Think about it, it's about holiness. God has given you your husband, your wife, to help you be holy. Your job is to help your wife or your husband get to heaven. How amazing is that? So, are you listening to God's call? Are you responding to God's call? Are you discerning God's call? Let's get on the holiness boat and set out into the deep. I'm Deacon Pedro, called both to the married life and the ordained life. And this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Great news that Salt and Light Radio now has its own Facebook domain, so it's easy to find us. Go to facebook.com slash slradio1. That's the number one, SL Radio one And like us for a chance to win cool music prizes. And we have a great show for you today. Krista Matrenko will be here shortly to bring us up to date with what's been happening in our church. And we'll also be joined by Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. He has news about a project he was telling us about a year ago, a new sitcom called What's Up in LA. And as always, Andrew Santos will also be here with our saint of the week and Sheridan will be here with a diocesan update. And if you're looking for an authentic and full life, stick around because in our second half hour we'll be speaking with the author of the Let's Talk book series, Ken Ogoric. Let's Talk is designed for parish and youth ministry and answers the need for a clear and engaging overview of Catholic doctrine. And our featured artist is someone new. His name is Pasquale Talarico, and he has just put out his first album, My Everything. So here he is with the title track of that new album, My Everything.
1: I turn my back on you once again I seem to walk away And I don't know I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say. I need you in my life. I need you more each day. Speak to me, oh God. Speak to me today. Speak to me today. No matter how far I run, no matter where I hide Doesn't seem to matter with you by my side Sing of the strength, I will cry of your love You are my fortress, you're mine, everything Feel this heart of mine, make it whole again Fill me with your grace, so I may understand I may understand No matter how far I run, no matter where I hide Doesn't seem to matter with you by my side sing of your strength, I will cry of your love, you are my fortress, you're my everything. Love, you are my portrait, your man. Everything.
0: That was Pasquale Tallarico with My Everything from his new album, My Everything. And we're gonna be speaking with Pasquale in our second half hour, but now here's Chris with our news.
2: Pedro, there's been some disturbing news out of Syria this week. Syrian militants kidnapped two bishops, two Orthodox bishops. Uh, Their car was stopped at gunpoint while armed men uh, stopped them. And a catechist was killed, shot to death, while another passenger fled. And those bishops were kidnapped, one of them belonging to the Syriac Orthodox Church, the other the Greek Orthodox Church one of them being a well-known veteran of ecumenical dialogue. Kidnapping Christians is a growing industry that is funding the activities of militant groups. A uh, $200,000 ransom uh, is what's expected for a kidnapped priest, so you can get a lot of money by, wow. by kidnapping a cleric. The American Commission on International Religious Freedom says that the situation is deteriorating for Christians. Back in September, a Greek Orthodox priest was killed inside Damascus. And he had been trying to secure the release of another kidnapping victim. And he himself became a victim. And in February, an Armenian Catholic priest and a Greek Orthodox priest were kidnapped by armed rebels from a bus. So this is happening more and more often. The Vatican spokesperson, Father Federico Lombardi, he said that Pope Francis has been informed of this, the uh, capture of the bishops, that is, and he says that this is a part of a growing part of growing violence in the recent days, uh, creating a humanitarian emergency of extremely vast proportions. Uh, he says that Pope Francis is following these events with deep participation and intense prayer for the health and liberation of the two bishops. Now, by midweek, there were conflicting reports about whether those bishops had been freed. The Syrian government blamed Chechen mercenaries. Who are working with Islamist rebels. Now it's notable that this is the same ethnicity, uh, Chechen, uh, from Chechnya, the uh, part of Russia, as the suspects of the bombing of the Boston Marathon. Now um, another bishop has been attacked but in, an, in a very different way, thankfully not in a way that harmed him. An archbishop from Belgium was doused in water by topless protesters. The uh, Archbishop André-Joseph-Léonard was giving a lecture at a French university, and it was interrupted by activists from a group called Femin from the Ukraine. And they doused him with holy water from bottles in the shape of the Virgin Mary. And they targeted Archbishop Leonard because they claim that he is homophobic. And judging by the photos from the incident, the Archbishop didn't try to resist and prayed through the attack at this university. The angry activists were escorted out by the organizers And the church in Belgium denounced what it said were the attitudes of a few people in contradiction of the theme of the debate and the manner in which the church hopes for dialogue. But still, it was um, a pretty nasty um, event. That And just to see the the archbishop effectively, uh, you know, no recourse when he's being attacked by these women. He just has to sit there through it. And finally, some lighter news, Pedro, to end with. Was Jesus a hipster? I think so. You think so? Well, the Diocese diocese of Brooklyn thinks so. They've released ads showing a robed figure wearing Converse sneakers, and it says that Jesus is the original hipster. According to the website Gawker, the campaign was inspired by a really obscure Bible verse. You've probably never heard of it. But seriously, the diocese says that it wants to show young people that the local parishes are engaging and relatable. It's part of their All Faces campaign, showing off the diversity that one finds in its churches and helping people find their local parish. Monsignor Kieran Harrington, spokesperson with the Archdiocese, says that historically representations of Jesus reflect the local population. So if there are a lot of hipsters in Brooklyn, it makes sense to show him that way. And he adds that in his day, Jesus was countercultural in the way that hipsters are. Well, that's debatable. But at very least, the ads have generated a lot of free publicity for the diocese. I
0: I love it. I love it. I used to have a t-shirt. You know how I always have Catholic t-shirts? Yeah. And it was, Jesus is my homeboy. I don't think I have it anymore. But it was a good, I think it's along the same lines.
2: Yeah, it's similar. So maybe Uh, we'll be seeing Jesus as a hipster t-shirt. Yes,
0: I like it. I Mm -hmm. like it very much. I'll get you one, Chris, because I'm sure you'll wear it. Our Salt and Light News producer, Krista Matrenko. Let us know what you think about anything that you hear on this program. Do you think that Jesus was a hipster? Send us your comments via Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1.
3: Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And coming up, what's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. And now, it's time for... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos.
4: I love this segment.
0: Seems like everybody wants to host this. Andrew Santos saying, (laughs) I love myself.
4: (laughs) No, I love this segment. We get to talk about saints. We love saints. saints.
0: There we go. So who's our saint for today? Our
4: saint is Blessed Marie of the Incarnation. Oh, is she Canadian? Uh, yes, she. Well, or, yeah, yeah, she, yeah came, she is Canadian. She was born in France, but, but she uh, came to Canada. But she came to Quebec. Uh, she came to New. Well, at the time it was New France. Yeah. Um, we know that Blessed Marie is the daughter of a baker. Oh. I would love to be the son of a baker. She was the daughter of a baker. Okay. Uh, she was born in October of 1599 in Tours, France. She was raised in a family of craftsmen and tradesmen, and uh, was related on her mother's side to the noble Barbin de la Bourdezier family in France. Uh, She was known to be very pious, uh, sometimes mystical. Uh, She would memorize and she would recite homilies. And we know that she uh, wanted to become a nun at a very early age. Um, Against her wishes, she entered into an arranged marriage with with Claude Martin, who is a uh, silk manufacturer. It seems like a lot of these saints, they end up getting into arranged marriages, I find. Like, time and time again, you're, you hear a lot of these stories. Yeah, it must have been against just, their will the, the or,
0: tradition of the time, you know. You know a lot of them, like, look yeah. at, at uh, yeah, yeah,
4: St. Catherine or... Um, no.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or St. Agnes, you know, yeah. arranged at 12 to get married. Yeah, yeah, I
4: find this just very interesting back then in the day, I guess. Um, now, Claude Martin, um, she became widowed after two years of marriage. She then moved back with her family and refused to discuss remarriage. That wasn't even mm-hmm. a thought in her mind. In 1620, she experienced a vision in which she was shown all of her faults and human frailties um, and that she was immersed in Christ's blood. This event literally changed her life completely, Deacon Pedro, and her desire to be involved in religious life translated into prayer, into liturgical devotion, and to charity. Um, that The thought of being involved in religious life, it never escaped her. It was just something that always stuck with her. And in January of 1631, she asked her sister to care for her son, Claude, and joined the Ursulines at Tours, France. Um, Claude gathered a group of his friends, all 12 or 13 years old, and tried to storm the convent to free his mother. Mm -hmm. But they were were unable to gain entry. So this incident has often been cited by her detractors as um, a serious flaw in Marie. And she later explained, however, that she was following God's will, And Claude apparently came to understand it. And because of that, he became a Benedictine priest. Really? Yeah, in 1641. Uh, He became the assistant to his order's superior general. And later, he became his mother's biographer. Wow. I find that very interesting. Uh, Marie took her final vows in 1633 as Marie de l'Incarnation. She became the assistant mistress of novices for the order in tours. And she uh, was also an instructor in doctrinal theology. Um... She landed in New France, mm-hmm, Canada. Uh, in Canada, in 1639. Um, w- well, which is pres- present-day Quebec. Yeah. Um, so she landed there in um, in July, and in present-day Quebec on August the first. She was the first superior of the Ursulines in Canada. She worked as a missionary to the natives and other residents in the area. Mm-hmm. She studied all the local languages with the Jesuits um, who were already there. She became proficient in Algonquin and Iroquois. Uh, Another language, local language called Mm Montaigne. And uh, she studied catechism in Iroquois. Interesting. Yeah. So she laid the first stone of the convent in 1641 um, and formed the base for her work. And the convent burned in 1650. She supervised the reconstruction. Um, She died on April the 30th, 1672, and she died of hepatitis in Quebec. She was venerated in July of 1911 by then Pope St. Pius X. And mm-hmm. she was one of the many people who were beatified by Blessed John Paul II, and that was in 1980. So, um, if anyone has any information about Blessed Marie's canonization, they're asked to contact the Center of Marie de, Link- de Incarnation, and that's in Quebec. They're working on their case. That's so. good.
0: If you have information, I like that. If you have information
4: about the canonization, let us know here at Salt and Light <laughs> Radio. Oh, no, exactly. We want to be the first on the case. Can you imagine? So, Blessed Marie. Uh, her feast day, I should point out, uh, is the same day she died. It's on April the 30th. So it's this coming Tuesday. Very good. So uh, even
0: though she was born in France, she was French, we consider her to be a Canadian saint because oh, she yeah, did definitely. a lot of her ministry here in Canada and Quebec. Uh, it's just like with Saint Catherine. Yeah. Blessed Marie of the Incarnation, Marie de la Encarnacion. Thank you. Andrew Santos, our saint
4: expert. Hi, I'm Danny Torquia from Media Ministry Minutes, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: Salt and Light Radio now has its own Facebook domain. Visit us at facebook.com slash slradio1. That's the number one, SL Radio one And like us for a chance to win cool music prizes. And now it's time for... What's good in Hollywood? With our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, welcome back to the program.
5: Thank you, Pedro.
6: Always a good Always good to be here, as usual.
0: Yes, so um, I think it was maybe a year ago that we were talking about this show, What's Up in L.A., about the Cubans moving to L.A., and I, my, my sources tell me that their Kickstarter campaign failed. Is this correct?
6: That, that is correct. It unfortunately failed. They wanted to raise $50,000, but they only made it to thirty five. Really? They fortunately got an angel investor, though, who who believed in the project so much that they helped them fund the whole thing. And uh, that in itself is kind of a miracle, but they just taped about a month ago on March 23rd, Uh uh, and it went went swimmingly. It was fantastic.
0: So so sorry, so they taped you mean like the pilot, so a half-an-hour pilot episode.
6: Correct, yeah. They taped a half-hour pilot episode in two kind of teaser scenes from future episodes.
0: Excellent. So when you say it went swimmingly, what does that mean?
6: So uh, so I got to be there on the day of the shoot. Oh, I was uh, part of the studio audience for one of the tapings and then uh, just a, a PA production assistant for part of uh, the other taping. All right. Um, but it, it was fantastic seeing just how the whole thing works. Um, it was extremely professional. They got union, uh, all union guys to do it, uh-huh. um, and that in itself is a bit of a miracle. They found um, some guys, DPs, directors, things like that, people who really—not no, sorry, not directors—they were the directors. Yes. Um, that believed in the project so much that they, you know, kind of accommodated their rates just because they knew they
0: mm-hmm.
5: didn't have
6: a lot of money to do this. Um, but uh, it, it was great. They they had pros doing it. Looked 100% professional. Um, studio audience. They had this Cuban band that played in between takes. Oh, really? Fantastic. Oh, that's funny. There was funny. crew dancers, dance crew members dancing on the floor. It was it was fun. That's fun. Um. So, and for for me, it's really kind of fantastic to see how it, it's amazing just to see four years of work because I've sort of you know watched this project for a long time. Wow. Come together in just one day. Mm-hmm. Um. And. The amazing thing for me was that I just—you could kind of feel the grace there. Um, I had—I've had all of my listeners here praying for it, but lots of other people have been praying for this project mm-hmm. as well too. Um, and you could just see everything go really smoothly.
0: So when you say grace, you're, you're talking obviously about God's grace. I, I want to find out more about that. What do you mean? Like, why is God's grace on the size of, on the side of this project?
6: I, I think. I think we've all been nagging him for it. <laughs> like uh, you know, the unjust judge, you go and nag him, he's gonna help you out.
0: Yeah.
5: Um,
6: but they're on it because this it's a great project. that they basically just wanna bring back kinda of like good old fashioned family values to a sitcom and that's something you don't really see on T V uh that often. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of grassroots supports for this. Um but by grace I just mean that, you know, just you know, things things went well, they came together. Uh, they left it very much, uh, you know, in in our lady's hands mm-hmm. to kind of bring this project together and make it work. Um, and it's, you know, it, the day the shoot went great. Talking to Carlos, you know, before and after, it, it's kind of this funny combination of like sort of being in a war zone like just there's always fires to put out you know like mm-hmm. things deals fall apart you know and yeah. and then after the shoot you know there's little loose ends you gotta wrap up and big loose ends you gotta wrap up and so Carlos get paid, and
0: yeah Carlos is your friend and he's one of the producer directors on the project correct and, and he's you said that he left it all yeah, you just kind of said it so quick. I hope people didn't miss it that that everything was left in Our Lady's hands. Do they have a special yes, devotion to Our Lady? very much. Mary? Carlos
6: has a very strong uh, Marian devotion. Uh-huh. Uh, so he was just—he's just like you know, Mary. You know, if you want this project to come together, you're going to have to help make it happen. So, and that's been a a consistent
0: um, you know prayer of his. Right now, was it mostly? A crew, like the people that came together to support the investor, Hispanics, Cubans, or Catholics, or just a bit of everything.
6: Um, I would say just kind of a bit of everything. Um, and when I say so crew, um, so we make the distinction between, say, below the line people who don't have a creative content in it, mm-hmm. um, and they were just you know regular Joe guys who do this kind of thing for a living. You know, the cameraman, microphone right. man, set yeah. designers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, and they were hired. Um, but I would say it's kind of a uh, for people who are above the line funding it, creating it, um, you know, writing it, it, it. I think it's a it was a mix. Uh, Carlos himself is Catholic. Uh, his, his partner, uh, Rudy, Rudy. Zales um, I believe he's a Protestant. Mm. Um, I'm not so much sure about uh, you know the angel investor. Yeah, I think actually a lot of them kind of come from like a Hispanic Latino oh, background right, for right. sure. But, okay, so, uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty
1: equal
0: mix. Yeah, so. so um, so it's really good. It's not, it wasn't just full of God's grace, but you think it's genuinely a good project. It's really funny. What's next? What are we to, to continue praying so for now? The
6: next miracle that you need everyone to pray for is to find a buyer for it. So oh, right. now that this show, they actually have a pilot to show people to shop around. They can start you know bringing this to networks and saying, here's our project. We've got a groundswell of support for this. Um, do you want to buy it? Do you want to fund a whole season of this? So um, so yeah, so that's, that's miracle number two that has to happen. So okay. pray hard for that and okay, uh, we let will your do that. studio execs know that you want this project.
0: Okay. Very good. Thank you very much. So that's what's up in LA. They have a website, uh, I'm going to put that on our site so it's easy for people to find it. Thank you, Mark. Sounds like, Thank like you, you're Peter. having fun down there in LA and it sounds like there's something good happening in Hollywood. Very good. So there you have it. What's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary.
5: Hi, this is Ben Walter. You're listening to the
6: Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: You can podcast our show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where you can now listen to Catholic music all day long on Salt and Light Radio 1 at that same web address. And here now is Sheridan.
3: Pedro, there's a big anniversary on the horizon. Do you uh, know what it is?
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to get this one wrong, so maybe I should say no.
3: It's the 100th anniversary of the presence of the Sisters of the Precious Blood in London, Ontario. The
0: presence of the Sisters of the Precious Blood. Yes. Okay. It's okay.
3: the 100th anniversary of them being in the Diocese of London.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Neat.
3: So earlier this week, I had the pleasure to speak with Sister Eileen Mary Walsh, the superior of the Sisters of the Precious Blood, about their upcoming anniversary celebrations. Sister Eileen, thanks so much for speaking with us.
7: You're very welcome. For our listeners, tell us about your community and how it was founded. Our community is the first Canadian contemplative community ever founded. We were founded in St. Hyacinth, Quebec in 1861. And just eight short years later, we came to Toronto, and in 1913, the Sisters from Toronto came to London. So that's 100 years ago. Our basic ministry is a ministry of prayer. Our life is hidden, for the most part, in a monastery, but our hearts and minds are out there with everybody that needs prayer.
3: Oh, that's wonderful. What have been some of the highlights of the, for the community over these past few years?
7: Well, getting ready to celebrate 100 years is a big event in, in and of itself. Right. Um, but we're, we've um, looked at some, uh, some different things over the last years. Over the 100 years, there have been many big changes right. in society, and some of them have come into the monastery in small ways. But one of the major things, I think, was back in the 1940s when we were encouraged to form a union of all the English-speaking monasteries, and London was chosen as the Mother House. And then, of course, Vatican II came in the 60s, and there were some changes that came out of that, uh, which infected us in some external ways. Like, for example, our habit was uh, uh, modified, we don't wear the, the long wool habit that we used to wear pre-Vatican II. Uh, the grill that used to separate us from the public in our monastery is no longer there. But the essence of our life, the reason we're here, remains ever the same. Uh, in recent years, uh, there has been, let's say, a decrease in vocations coming from Canada. But we Precious Blood Sisters have been very fortunate in that a number of women from Asia have joined our ranks. So that for us is is a really big thing. These women have come from mostly from Vietnam and the Philippines, and we have one from Korea. And uh, they've added uh, a new dimension, a new flavor to our community, and one for which we're immensely grateful.
3: Wonderful. What have you got planned for your anniversary year?
7: We have two big events planned. One is on May the 1st at our cathedral, we're going to have a mass with Bishop Fabro, And we've invited the priests and people who have supported us through all these years to be present with us. And from what I can gather, we're getting a good response. The other uh, event we have planned is that on June the 9th, We're going to have an open house here at our monastery. It's a Sunday in the afternoon. We're inviting people from the city and beyond to come and have a little tour of our monastery.
3: That sounds wonderful. Thanks so much for speaking with us, Sister Eileen.
7: Okay, thank you.
3: I was speaking with Sister Eileen Mary Walsh, the superior of the Sisters of the Precious Blood in London, Ontario. And if you're interested in celebrating that important day with the sisters, you can join them for their anniversary mass by watching Salt and Light on Wednesday, May the 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. And that mass will be direct from London, Ontario at St. Peter's Cathedral Basilica. And His Excellency Ronald Fabro, Bishop of London, will preside. And you can visit saltandlighttv.org for more information.
0: Excellent. And if you're outside our broadcasting area, remember you can watch everything that we do streaming live at saltonlighttv.org slash live. So thank you very much, Sheridan. Happy anniversary, sisters. Coming up in our second half hour, how to invite young people to a lively, life-changing conversation about the deep truths that give meaning and direction to everyday choices. And we meet our featured artist of the week, Pasquale Talarico. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, for anyone who's been in youth ministry or even parents with their own kids, really anyone who's had anything to do with teenagers or I guess anyone who's actually been a teenager themselves, we know that every teenager's desire is to live a full and authentic life the author of the book series let's talk claims that this is a right that every teenager has and that's why ken ogorek wrote let's talk a catechetical program for kids in grades 9 to 12. ken is an experienced religious educator and youth minister and he's also the director of catechesis for the archdiocese of indianapolis and to tell us more about this exciting new book series, we are now joined by Ken Ogorek. Ken, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
5: Thanks, Deacon Pedro. It's great to spend time with you and your listeners.
0: So why, why did you feel that you needed to write these books? What, what was the need?
5: Well, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, Deacon Pedro, um, when, you, when you mentioned this, this notion of uh, people have a right to, to hear the Catholic faith proclaimed in its entirety with no yeah. gaps and certainly with no error. And, and really, uh, it was blessed John Paul II in, in his, his first major document on catechesis. He kind of he makes that observation. It's really uh-huh. a basic human right, and we, we know that needs to happen over and over again uh, all throughout the course of a person's life. So, so I've always, or I should say for a long time, I've had a heart for, for, for kids uh, experiencing their teen years and and i I feel very strongly that during those four years or so of high school, well seven in my case, but'm mm-hmm. just kidding um, yeah. that 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 these kids they have a right to have the faith laid out for them in an engaging way and, and in a way that invites them not only not only to uh to be aware of of the saving truths of our faith but but of course to 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 put that in the context of a of a relationship with Christ.
0: That's that's really a radical idea that, that we that is a the basic human right to have the faith, the Catholic faith explained to us in its fullness, as opposed to the basic human right that we all have to live a full and authentic life. Do you see it? Is there a, a correlation there?
5: Yeah, well I think I think you could you could name several basic rights that we have, and, and and most most people gravitate toward food, clothing, shelter, those sorts of things. Yeah. But I, I I really I really thought I mean to me that's a powerful observation that that John Paul II made mm-hmm. that, that really we you know people have a right to 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 he, to have the Catholic faith presented to them, and and really I think it puts a uh, it puts a lot of responsibility on folks who who work in catechetical ministry. You know we need to we need to be on top of our game, and and we need to look for for um, for uh, usable uh, yeah. uh, engaging ways and that's kind of what led me to write the resource
0: Right, so something that's comprehensive that's clear, that's easy to understand that's engaging, that's what you're trying to do
5: Yeah, yeah um, and, and it kind of boils down to, you know, most most teens I know will tell you they'd rather have a discussion than listen to a lecture. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um,
5: frankly most adults <laughs> Me will too, probably yeah. tell you the same thing. Yeah. And and so so the, the whole premise of let's talk is that discussions are great. Mm-hmm. Um it's helpful though oftentimes when they're based on something. So let's talk is really a series of what, what you might call guided discussions. Okay. Um they, they always connect an area of real life something that teens can relate to like like getting your driver's license or eating or, or uh, what have you mm-hmm. always connect an aspect of real life with with an aspect of the faith. and and there are discussion questions but each discussion begins with a brief section called let's listen mm. and that's that's where simple bullet point background information is provided that's where the doctrinal content is I and, see. and they get that they get that um, simple, but but you know reasonably complete overview of, of of the major major doctrines of our faith.
0: Now, are these books that like I could give to a teenager, or are they workbooks designed to be used in a in a group setting in a or a youth group setting?
5: Yeah, I they they're meant to be used in in a. I, I really wrote them with a parish youth ministry setting in mind, although uh-huh. certainly a, a Catholic high school teacher could use them. A, yeah, a, a, a mom or a dad uh, could use them at home. Right. I will say this though: um, our our oldest child was, uh, I believe, an eighth grader when I was working on these. And, yeah, and so I so I, I actually uh, asked him to take a look at at, at, at one, the first one of the four, and he actually said, "Dad, you know that was pretty that was pretty interesting. I could see oh, that being good. useful. Well, you know, kids." kids usually don't think anything that, that their dad is, is any good <laughs> That's so I, That kind of floored me. I was like, well, who, who are you and what have you done with, with my son? But, uh, but so, yeah, he enjoyed reading it himself, but, but, but even he said he could see where it could lead to some good, good discussion.
0: Right. Okay, so you mentioned uh, that, that it deals with subjects or topics that matter to most teenagers, uh, relationships, sex, I guess, Yeah. financial yeah, stuff, it, family it. health. Can you give us an example of maybe one topic and how... That it, the the questions, the listen part and the talk part, the discussion questions, how that would sort of work.
5: Yeah, one that comes to mind is I compared I compared uh, eating, which you know teenagers love to do. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I, yes. I compared that to prayer, and and so the back, the background information um, sort of laid out the different types of prayer uh, and tried to explain them in ways that 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 help teens see that many. Many of the ways that we communicate with, with, with friends, loved ones, relatives, a lot of those sort of correspond fairly directly to, to different types of prayer. You know, ways mm-hmm. that we might communicate uh, to God, like, like prayers of thanksgiving. You know, you know, oh, mm-hmm. hopefully we say, we say thank you to people who,
2: yeah. who matter to
5: us. You know, and, and and on down the line. So so um, the the connection the connection between doctrine and, and real life experiences that doesn't dominate the discussions. It's it's really more of a hook.
1: Kind of right. an experiential
5: hook to kind of to kind of get their attention, and and then and then really to kind of bring it in for a landing at the end. Just 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 try to help them see that connection between between the importance of prayer on a daily basis and the importance of of nourishing ourselves you right. know, with food. So that's that's just one example in yeah. mind, Deacon Pedro. Yeah, no,
0: that's good. So so there you make connections with scripture, with the Catechism, with the UCAT. That's all there.
5: Yeah. Well, what I did was um, I. I took there's a checklist that our American bishops use to help um, determine what's called doctrinal conformity with uh-huh. the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Yeah, and I and I used that, that's that's a that's a, a series of about 350 in brief items from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So I used those as the as the basis for the for sort of the let's listen section. So so there's a lot of sacred tradition in this. Let's put it that way. But at the but at the end of every discussion. There, 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 there are scripture passages. It's you know for going deeper. Mm-hmm. There are suggested scripture passages, and I actually um, included some references to uh, uh, many of your listeners will be familiar with a, a, a document called the Compendium of the Catechism. Uh-huh, of the yeah. Uh huh.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
5: And that, of course, is available online for free. So, so I, I alluded to some questions in the Compendium. Well, lo and behold, UCAT came out right after uh, these books were I, published. Yeah. So what we did is we quickly correlated the Let's Talk series to UCAT, and that's a free download. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, at, at the at the publisher's website, which I know we'll mention yes. in a minute, um, people can download a free user's guide for Let's Talk as well as a free correlation to UCAT so that it can be used in
0: conjunction with UCAT. Yeah, I actually, that's great that you mentioned that because I downloaded it myself. Um, So that's good to know. So lots of resources. I know a lot of young people really find the UCAT really useful. And the compendium I know, which is for people that might not know, it's basically the catechism but but, uh, laid out as question answers so it's easier to find topics. Because sometimes the catechism is kind of a little bit daunting <laughs> to certain. Can of, be sure. Yeah, it yeah, can, it be, can for, be for some. Time. So now, maybe just one last question in closing. You mentioned that uh, that the books are written, or the, I guess the topics are approached according to the U.S. Uh, Catholic Bishops' document, Renewing the Vision. So uh-huh. they, the bishops have laid out this vision for youth ministry, correct? <laughs>
5: well, yeah, yeah. Um. In renewing the, the vision, the bishops outlined eight components of comprehensive ministry with youth, and, okay. and catechesis is is one of them. I, I would I would argue that 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 it's a core it's a core component. I mean yeah. they're all important. So so what I'm what I'm saying is that let's talk is a way that youth ministers can do that one core component. Catechesis
0: I see. Perfect. Very
5: very well, and in ways that they can often they can often make their own connections to some of those other components of comprehensive ministry with youth.
0: Perfect. Okay, so for youth ministers, teachers, parents, anybody doing anything with young people, this is something that they should look at. Uh, it, it sounds like it's a whole kind of youth youth group year plan that right there, that you don't have to do anything, just get the books and follow them.
5: <laughs> amen, amen. So thank you,
0: Ken. Uh, thank you for writing the books, for doing what you do, and, and for sharing it with us today.
5: God bless, Deacon Pedro. Thanks for having me on.
0: Ken Ogoric is the author of the four-book series, Let's Talk, published by Emmaus Road you can purchase the book and, and also to get those free downloads that Ken was mentioning at EmmausRoad.org you can also learn more about Ken and his work at his website kenogoric.com, and we're going to put both those uh, links on our site so you can find them easily here now is Pasquale Tallarico with Remember Me from his new album My
1: Everything Remember Me When you come into your kingdom When you find that love has finally set you free Remember me When I ask for your forgiveness And my sin is washed away clean Remember me When I kneel before you Remember When I put my arms around you When my brokenness has finally been relieved Remember me When I stand in my own frailty When I fall and need your hand to rescue me Remember me When all seems lost and broken and I yearn for nothing more than peace
7: Remember me
1: When I kneel before you Remember me When I put my arms around you When my brokenness has finally been relieved really. Remember me with you brokenness has finally been released Remember me Remember me, Remember me.
0: That was Pasquale Talarico with Remember Me from his new album, My Everything. Pasquale Tallarico has 17 years experience in youth ministry and he used to play bass for the California pop punk band Super Novice. His, his debut album, My Everything. See, I'm already screwing it up. What the heck? This is ridiculous. My Everything is your debut album. Yeah. Pasquale Talarico has 17 years' experience in youth ministry and he used to play bass for the California pop punk band Super Novice. His debut album, My Everything, includes seven unique songs that reflect Pasquale's faith journey. And the album features Turn the Radio On, a song that, due to listener response, became the number one airplay song on the college radio station KBCU in Kansas. Not bad for a debut album. And to tell us more, we've reached Pasquale at his home in Orange County, California. Pasquale, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
6: Well, thank you, Dika. Thank you for having me.
0: So, Pasquale, I mean, I'm not going to assume that because you have an Italian name that you grew up in a Catholic home.
6: I I did. I grew up, (laughs) I'm actually born in New York. I'm a New York Italian. Yeah. Uh, Cradle Catholic, uh, 12 years of Catholic school. Yeah. Uh, and I currently am a director of campus ministry at an all-boys Catholic school in Anaheim, California. So you've
0: always been at, uh, in the faith? You never had a period of, of, of conversion or anything like that?
6: Well, I mean, I think, I think I've think i always been part of the Catholic tradition. I think college was a rough spot for me. Mm-hmm. College was a time of, I, mean, I think, what a lot of young adults do and asking a lot of questions and looking for other options. Um, and it wasn't until I actually decided to make a step into Working in ministry, that felt like I got more and more, uh, and it took more and more on deeper in my faith. Right. Challenge myself even more.
0: Yeah. How did you end up uh, playing bass for a punk band? <laughs>
6: I yeah. I was a bass player in a, in a local Orange County band called Supernovas. Yeah. And a very successful band, and uh, it was it was where I thought I was supposed to be at the time. Yeah. Um, you know that was I loved music. Um, it was something that was in my heart and. uh, looking back on it, you know, you look at how the roads go in two different ways, and the music that I was doing was so separate, and, you know, I started doing ministry at a very young age, almost 21, a mm. little under 21, Yeah, and, um, it just, you know, my music life was one thing, and my ministerial life was another, and it, it got to the point where I truly wanted to bring them together.
0: So you, wait, so you were doing both at the same time?
6: Yeah, I was, I was in a, in a band, and I was a youth minister, so, uh, going through different colors hair, and being quite a charismatic individual, the kids tended to get a kick out of uh, their youth minister and the craziness that ensued.
0: What did you study in college?
6: I studied history, actually, in college. Wow. Um, I, I was planning on being a baseball coach and a history teacher at my alma mater. <laughs> yeah. I ended up coming back to my alma mater, becoming a baseball coach, but becoming the campus minister.
0: Interesting, interesting. So you you didn't go thinking of going into youth ministry... Um, no, yeah. not at
6: all. <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was kind of the kid youth minister. Everybody was like, "Oh no, Pasquale's here right now. This is going to be, uh, going to be an exciting evening." Yeah. Um, and uh, it sure, it sure has become uh, quite a wonderful ride.
0: Right. So you, you were saying that you're, you're trying to live kind of this double life, being a secular musician and then being a youth minister. What, what, what gave? Like, how, how did, what did you, how did you end up dealing with that?
6: Well, I mean, in, it was the kids kept on asking me why I wouldn't do music with them, and um, mm. you know the band was popular, and um, we didn't have a musician for a retreat, so I I said you know what, maybe I can I can teach myself some guitar and play some praise and worship songs. It seemed easy enough, and I was yeah. it was absolutely terrible, um, <laughs> and so that kind of triggered something that I wanted more of. I wanted to to kind of dive deeper in, a, in, in the music and the guitar end of it, and uh, I taught myself guitar. And then, you know, I did. It, I continued to work in the secular end of music, playing guitar and singing. Mm-hmm. And then in 06, I went to the Passion Conference,
1: mm-hmm. and I
6: went there with some Catholic musicians. We were very few Catholics that were there. Um, and something happened. It was different. It just, things made sense. I felt that the gift that God had given me in music, there was only one answer, and that it was going to be to serve God now and for the kingdom. Yeah. And... It just, I came home, I told my band that I was leaving, mm. um, that it was time to make a big change in my life, and, and this was the direction I was going to go in.
0: Right. So, it, once you made that change, I mean, you were already in youth ministry, but did something in your ministry change, did, or your focus and your, I mean, do you, you began seeing your work in music as ministry.
6: I did, and, and what started happening was, what was happening in ministry started being articulated in song now.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
6: being inspired by what was happening around me, um, that prayer became something that I put down a song.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
6: you know, you'd be sitting around these young people, and one of the greatest blessings in the world is, is just talking to people. Right. And our young people are amazing. I mean, they will blow you away. And that's one of the best gifts that I get after each concert or hmm. when I do a keynote or I speak somewhere, Yeah. is having a conversation with somebody. Who inspires me and and it's oftentimes that I feel like I get more inspired by their conversation than what Uh I speak about Um, but it's been an absolute blessing
0: yeah it's so true it's so true so so now you have this album this is your first album period or your first Christian album
6: my first my first Christian album um, I recorded that in 2011 2011 yeah went out to Nashville recorded the album um, you know like one of the songs got picked up by a college radio station so quickly, and it uh-huh. took off. And then Remember Me, uh, one of the songs you heard, yeah, it it, uh, it went on to Billboard, and it charted on Billboard. It was in the top 25 on Soft AC inspo.
0: Nice. And
6: it, it was craziness. I mean, life just became very strange and crazy. Um, and trying to stay focused, you know, and trying not to get caught up in it, because it's really easy to get caught up in it. And being reminded that, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, mm-hmm. I'm a man of God. Yeah. Uh, and being reminded of those, my vocations in my life that yeah. were much more
0: For true. sure, for sure. So what is this, al- what would you say this album is about? What, what do you want to tell the world that, or why do you want to tell the world that God is your everything?
6: You know, it, it, I think it all happened in 06 at that Passion Conference when I felt like I was filling my life with so many other things to try to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what it's a, it's a great tale of what's happening in society. If you buy this or you, you drive this or you do these things, this will make you happy. Mm-hmm. And then I started asking the question, what in my life means everything to me? And it became family. It became the people that and the things that God had put in my life. Mm-hmm. And each song on the album became a story or it became a tale of something that had happened of a young person or the loss of my sister-in-law. Or you know, a, an argument between me and my best friend—they um, became very real and devotional songs that I would take those themes and and, and praise God with them.
0: hmm Nice. No, it's it's it, I, I'm sure our listeners—they've already we've already heard two of the, two of the songs and uh, I mean it, it's good stuff what you're doing. Um, you're working on a new album already?
6: I am. I'm already working on a new album. I've been writing. The album for a little while, probably the day after I, I landed from Nashville <laughs> from the first album.
0: Yeah,
6: um, you know the, the working title is All Roads Lead to You.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, and this is going to take a little bit different spin. I, I'm I've been studying uh, the advanced certificate in pastoral liturgy uh-huh. uh, from LMU, and I'm diving deeper into liturgy and
0: okay.
6: moving more towards music for the mass and, and liturgical use. Oh yeah, um, as, as well as devotional. Uh-huh. So the album will be made up for things for liturgy, uh, as well as things that will be devotional and and
0: and music. Oh, good! You so know that's great. There's there's great need for that kind of music, especially if it's more praise music, because a lot mm-hmm. of Catholic, uh, you know, music groups, especially youth youth music groups, are, are are finding that they the only good praise music that they find is outside the Catholic tradition, and they're trying to jam it into liturgy. So if we can. Uh, do both that, that would be great if it's music yeah, used in liturgy and I yeah. think
6: that's and that's been you know I've made some really great relationships with people who are are rather well known Catholic musicians who like mm-hmm. the liturgy and they and I've been blessed to be mentored by a few of them now and and to talk to them and, and for them to kind of really direct me you know when you get to the point where you say you know what I have these gifts and I enjoyed the radio stuff it was fun I enjoyed yeah. being on the billboard and Telling all my friends and sending pictures and doing all these things, but mm-hmm. then to be able to take what I have, what's in my heart, to write for the mass yeah. or write for our church, um, it, it's it's really what's on my heart right now. I mean, I, I think about it all the time. I'm and always writing and always melodies and always trying to figure out how it would best serve us as church. Yeah, um, which is a very big difference from you know the first album, which is very much you know radio pop. Um, fun, upbeat, and this one will be too. Um, mm-hmm. But there will be a sense on some of the songs much more appropriate for the mass and, and for liturgy.
0: Yeah, no, I so don't know who said this, but maybe, maybe I can say that it was me. That the that the the, the, the Catholic radio station is the mass. So yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, Pasquale, it's been great chatting with you. It's been great meeting you and listening to your music. I I, I look forward to the new album. Um, thank you for sharing a little bit of what you do with us with us today. Thank
6: you so much for having me. I appreciate it. God bless
0: you. That was Pasquale Talarico. You can learn more about his music, about his album, My Everything, and you can book him for your next event at his website, ptmusiconline.com. I'm going to put that link on our website so you can find it easily. And here now is Pasquale with another song from that uh, album, a song called Extraordinary.
1: Came from miles around To hear his words, his words profound I wondered who this man could be He was different, not like me His kindness and love for all to see Would do anything just to be with him Could this be all we had dreamed? Could this be our King of kings? He is extraordinary above all things. Lamb of God and Lord we sing. Extraordinary above all things
0: we're listening to Pasquale Tallarico with his song Extraordinary from his new album My Everything and that will take us to the end of the program remember to visit our website saltandlighttv.org/radio that's where you can download this podcast and also where you can now listen to uninterrupted catholic music all day long thanks to the support of wonderful catholic artists like Pasquale Tallarico you can also follow what we do at facebook.com/slradio1 like our page for a chance to win cool music prizes. And you can find me on Facebook. Look for Deacon Pedro. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for your financial support, for your prayers. We cannot do our work without you. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. King
1: of Kings. He is above.